Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Phillies Today, a 94WIP podcast. And the Phillies take the wild card round against the Marlins. I told y'all, two games. This is not going to be a problem. There are a lot of fans nervous out there. I get it. The way that this franchise since 1883, right? 1883. Uh, you know, most losses in history, all that. I get it. You know, 2011, I get it. But new era of Phillies baseball. Get to the World Series last year. Whatever, lightning in a bottle. New era of Phillies baseball. We take both games against the Marlins, to be honest, quite handily. Quite handily. You get big starts from both of your horses. Aaron Nola coming up big when it matters right now in the clincher against Pittsburgh. And last night against Miami, he was nasty. Um, And the Phils, last night was awesome. Last night was incredible. I went to game one. That was my first ever playoff game that I've ever been to. Um, There's a lot I want to get to on this show. Uh, Real quick, what I want to say about the first playoff game that I ever went to on Tuesday night game one. Even before the game started, the energy was just unbelievable. It was unreal. You knew, uh, you know, I've heard about the bank, what it's like in the playoffs, but it's, it's, it's different. You really have to experience it yourself to really because you know sometimes you hear about things you're like oh yeah that's great that's no it really was incredible Johan Rojas hit a single nobody on base hit a single in the second or third inning of game one whenever it was nobody on and you would have thought that the Phils won the World Series like that was my key takeaway from like going to that game um so I took my little brother it was an awesome experience um just incredible, you know, standing up for every O2 count, whatever. Uh, it was just awesome. It was an amazing experience being able uh, to to go to game one and that being my first playoff game ever. So I just want to get that, get that out of the way because there's a lot of things that I want to, you know, break down from last night's game, from the series overall, and then we're going to preview the series against the Braves. We have the Atlanta Braves. Uh, you get the series you want. I've been going back and forth on the series. I will give you guys, uh, you know, how what, what how I see this series panning out um, in just a little bit. But I want to 
recap last night's game. We'll get to the game takeaways, series takeaways from Miami, and we'll then we'll preview the Braves series, then also get you updated on some of the other series um, uh, from the wild card round. So recap from last night, quick one. Bottom of the third, Kyle Schwarber gets a scoring started with a double off of Braxton Garrett. Christian Pache would score uh, to make it a one nothing game. The very next batter, Trey Turner, RBI single off of uh, Braxton Garrett uh, that redirects into the outfield. Schwarber would score from second. 2 nothing fills. Uh, at that point, this is literally all they would need. But bottom of the fourth, JT Romuto. Solo bomb to left field. That, I mean, the place just really got going after that. 3 nothing fills. A couple of innings later, uh, definitely the moment of the postseason so far for the Phillies. Bryson Stott, first pitch, grand slam bomb to right center field. And that, you know, 7 nothing fills this point. Uh, everything, anything else would be a cherry on top. But we'll fast forward to the top of the ninth. Josh Bell, RBI single to score Xavier Edwards, uh, 7-1 Phillies. And then Gregory Soto in the ninth inning gets Jazz Chisholm to strike out, looking to end the game, and the Phils would win this one 7-1. Um, in, in a game where you get a great Aaron Nola start, you get the big moment uh, from Bryson, Bryson Stott, hopefully one of many moments to come for the Fightins throughout this postseason. So, let's start with game takeaways from last night. Aaron Nola, number one. Um, I mean, he's an obvious takeaway. Um, he's somebody that uh, a lot of a lot of fans kind of felt nervous about, right, with Aaron Nola. We, we, we kind of felt a, a tad bit nervous about Aaron. Um, I can't say I didn't feel nervous at all. I was I was pretty confident in Aaron going into this game, but at the same time, I can't tell you there wasn't like a, a little bit of doubt. I mean, he's had a terrible, he's had a a pretty mediocre season, bad, terrible, whatever you want to use. I don't want to say terrible, but bad. Um, hadn't had a great season. At least to Aaron Nola's expectations, not the best season. I think that's what we can all use. I think you know sometimes people get lazy with the terms they want to use, but Aaron Nola. I'm not having exactly the uh, greatest season, uh, so there is a little bit of doubt there. But Nola goes seven, shoves, three hits, one walk, three strikeouts. I think there were a lot of key moments where he got a lot of got a lot of double plays. There was a, there were a few times where he got a uh, key double plays to get out of uh, these innings, and that's these aren't he wasn't getting these double plays during the season. Some of these were uh, innings that would he would start to implode. And in this game, you see him get these double plays. He gets out of the jams. Um, and it you know it started from that first inning where he, where he got a few strikeouts. The stuff was already looking nasty. So from the start, Aaron Nola, huge, huge, huge in this game. And it's great to see to start the postseason. He was – but still a little bit of – you know, not super, super confident going forward because he had an up-and-down postseason last year, right? He had uh, – the great wild card and the, the really good NLDS start, I think, too. And then NLCS or World Series weren't exactly great, from what I remember. Um, so Nola, but Nola, huge start. You needed Nola to have a big start. Um, and maybe you really didn't. I mean, he could have gave up four or five runs in this team, would have still won this game, but you never know. Um, uh, maybe the bank gets quieter if they're down three or four nothing. So, And the crowd is definitely an advantage, which I want to get to in a second. Um, so second takeaway from this game, uh, obviously, we can look at the offense and say what what they did in this game uh, throughout the game was really important. But 
Uh, my big takeaway was Bryson Stott, like from the offense. Uh, an obvious one, again, just like Aaron Nola was an obvious takeaway here. Bryson Stott getting that grand slam in the sixth inning, like truly just opened it up, right? Like JT Romuto's home run, big home run. Um, after they scored a couple of runs in the, uh, what was that? The, the second or third inning, whatever it was. Uh, but real Muto hitting that home run, um, in the fourth inning, uh, was just a huge deal. Uh, but we're not a huge deal, but real Muto hitting that home run was, was big. But then, I mean, Stott hitting that slam, uh, to me was, um, just, we all knew that was put that put the Marlins. All right, let's bring on Atlanta. So Stott hitting that grand slam, just huge. And then, you know, it's moments like that, that like we can see it in the way he plays, right? The his swagger, the way he uh, carries himself, the way he just plays so relaxed when he's at the plate, when he's in the field, making diving plays, whatever it may be. Just another moment. Like he's, he's built for moments like this. Like these moments do not phase him. Like Bryson Stott is, is made for moments like that. And he's not like a big home run hitter. He's he had 15 home runs this year. He's like, you know, got a tiny bit of power, but he's not known for his power. He's more, more known for his contact, but uh, coming up big in a moment like that, hitting that thing or hitting that salami um, just shows that Bryson Stott is, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it like, not I hate to say it, but um, I thought the chase Utley comparisons are a little overdone sometimes, but like, Chase Utley was somebody that wasn't afraid of the moment. I mean, all the World Series home runs he has. Um, and him being a big-time clutch player like Bryson Stott, just like another comparison for him to Chase Utley that I can't deny. You know, him being another second baseman, I get it now. Um, I think Chase's ceiling as far as the second baseman probably a little better than uh, Stott. But, like, at the end of the day, it just it doesn't matter. Like, I think this is another comparison to Utley where I get it. And the moments are not too big for him. So those are my two big takeaways. Nola, Stott, um, from from that game, too. Series takeaways. Number one, and I already talked about this, but, like, how can we not, like, how can we not stop talking about it? It's just incredible. The crowd, they're true. And, again, I can tell you this from, like, being in the ballpark. Like, the crowd is a true advantage. Like, it's not just all talk. It's not, like... Oh well, you know it's it's a raucous crowd, whatever. But just like any other, uh, you know, playoff atmosphere in any sport. No, it's truly like it, it's incredible, like incredibly loud. It's incredibly like the place feels like it's about to fall apart. Like it's insane that the the crowd truly is an advantage for these players, um, for the entire team. Like it's truly, truly an advantage. That was my first takeaway from being there and then watching game two on TV, watching the highlights after I watched or after I was there at game one, it's truly an advantage. Uh, you know, Wheeler talked about it. Um, I know other players have talked about it too, but no, uh, you know, Wheeler, I think talked about um, this crowd being like a true advantage uh, for this team. So um, it's proven. Like we, we, we see it. Uh, you know, the broadcasters can't stop talking about it. The, um, you know, fans, whomever, can't stop talking about. Like, it's a true advantage uh, for the Fightins and um, a true disadvantage for any of the opposition that are coming into CBP. And even, like, real quick, even Larry Anderson, I think I heard uh, talk about it uh, after game one. I was driving home, and 
listening to um, Philly's playback with Greg Murphy and uh, like Larry Anderson talked about, like, you know, even playing at the vet, like that was a big advantage too. It's not just the ball. It's not just the bank. It's Philly. It's like the Philly fans. Um, but obviously the vet being a little different because it was, a, you know, different type of stadium. I think a little bigger too, obviously. Right. Um, but just in general, like you get it. It's true advantage. Uh, second takeaway. To me, I said this for my keys of the series. Wheeler and Nola needed to have great starts, and they did. Um, you know, Wheeler shoved, uh, only gave up one run. Nola shoved, gave up none. Um, and going seven innings, even one upped Wheeler. I think what I think Wheeler went like six and two thirds, six and a third, something like that. While Nola went seven, like who cares? It doesn't matter. I mean, he went a third of an inning more. You needed them to have big starts. Uh, they, they needed to, and you got it from both of them. So that's really encouraging as they're going to need to do this. Look, I mean, not every start is going to be perfect, obviously. And, you know, Wheeler's start wasn't perfect, um, but you, this is encouraging. Uh, I, I feel great about Zach Wheeler for the rest of the playoffs. I, I feel great. Good about Nola heading into the NLDS just based off of last year. I know it's only one series, but just based off of last year. Um, but we can only take this one series at a time, right? But I'll say this. Um, you know, I'm not trying to worry about so much down the line about, like, the NLCS or World Series. The Braves are a really good team. So, we, we you know, we still got to still gotta get, get by them. Like, it's going to be a tough series, man. It's going to be a very tough series. But Wheeler and Nola encouraging starts. Uh, you know, in the wild card round, and hopefully they can both keep that off, keep that up against Atlanta. Um, third takeaway from uh the series, getting the big hits when they needed them. Like I think overall, if you look like the runners in scoring position, they were five for twenty three, not like incredible numbers, but they they got them in points of the game. Um, and obviously this is uh. You know, you wouldn't be able to win the games like this without Wheeler and Ola, like I just talked about. But the way they scored these runs, right, in game one, you got those runs early in the game, the third and fourth inning. And then you got the insurance run from the triple or double, whatever it was. Uh, you know, Castellanos ends up getting the third, um, scoring Harper. Uh, in the bottom of the eighth from Castellanos, that was the insurance run. So the way they, you know, you got those runs fairly early. And then you got that insurance run from Castellanos in the eighth. So those were all big points in the game for me. Yes, Nola or Wheeler had that big start, but they were big points in the game where you were getting these runs. Thought they were. I thought that was a big deal. Game two, Real Muto homer and uh, the Schwarber double, Turner Turner single early in the game. Big deal when you were getting those runs, right? They were uh, they were pretty early in the game. They were um, uh, I want to say like the. Third inning. Third inning were those two, uh, Turner and Schwarber, RBIs. And then, um, you know, Real Muto kind of solidifying after that inning with the home run. Thought that was important, getting those runs, you know, again, fairly early in the game. And then Stott, at that point in the game where you had the bases loaded, Stott didn't need it to hit a grand slam. He just needed to at least drive a couple of runs home. Um, but at that point in the game, he does that. What, that was the, that was the seventh inning, right? That was the sixth or seventh inning. That was it was the sixth. So right at that point in the game, where you're up three nothing, you you know you get a couple more runs, then you're up five. It's, a, it's an even bigger lead. But no, he puts up. He, just in general, that the the points in the game that they're scoring these runs, I think, are um, a big deal uh, for uh, 
they were a big deal in this series, and hopefully they can carry that into the Atlanta series. And let's like let's get into that right now. I'll so let's start with um, I'll give you guys MLB.com just came out with like the the rough schedule uh, for the series. So let's start with Game One, which is on Saturday uh, at Atlanta. Um, 6 p.m. on TBS. All of these games will be on TBS. You're going to get Ranger Suarez and Spencer Strider, Game 1. Game 2 uh, will be on Monday. Uh, you're gonna get, you'll get a few off days in between these games. will be on Monday at Atlanta, 6 p.m. on TBS. will be Zach Wheeler and Max Freed. Game 3 on Wednesday at home uh, on TBS. There's no time announced for that game yet, at least that I've read. Uh, it's going to be Aaron Nola and Bryce Elder. Game four on Thursday at home uh, will be on TBS, and that's if necessary, obviously. And game five would be the following day on Friday, the, uh, the next Friday on the 14th at Atlanta. Again, all games on TBS. So there you go. Um, so the way I'm looking at this series, man, like, look, obviously the Braves have this edge offensively. They have it offensively. Um, I So they have an edge over everybody. That's a huge edge. But that, Phil's offense is great too. Bullpens are pretty even. Um, but right now I would give the edge to the Phillies with the bullpen. For some reason, I'm just – maybe it's biasness because of well, – obviously they've been playing baseball games. Um, but something about like Alvarado and um, even like – you know, Kirk Ring was great last night, and obviously the guys didn't have a lot of experience, but uh, he looked good. Uh, something about, like, Alvarado, Hoffman, um, even, like, Sir Anthony I would trust for some reason. Just, like, coming into this, you know, last year he was great in the postseason. So, I don't know. Like, the bull, the Braves' bullpen is good, but I don't know. I trust the Phil's bullpen a little more right now, so I'd probably give them the edge in the bullpen. And the rotation, like... I think the Morton injury is big. Like, I don't think people, like, mentioned that enough. Um, now, Max Freed, I think he had the index fin- finger injury. But he is, from what I've read, he's going to, he'll be ready for the series. And they would pitch Strider and Freed twice. It's what it seems like, especially with no Morton. Um, seems like it would, again, it's going to be uh, Strider, Freed, and then Elder. Uh, and then it would be... Strider and then free games four and five if necessary. Um, I don't know. Like Strider and Freed are both great pitchers, and maybe obviously bias as a Phillies fan. Um, but there's just something about like I don't know. I I kind of trust Zach Wheeler and Aaron, Aaron Nola a little more right now than those guys. Yes, you know it factors into it. Strider with what he said. Uh, you know, like a week ago about the no fans thing, uh, idiot. And, um, and last year, obviously in the NLDS, but there's just something about, and, and Freed got lit up. We lit him up last year. I, I don't know. There's just something again, there's, there's a, you know, the Phillies did not win the, the NL East and they didn't get the buy, but sometimes teams just, uh, you know, it, 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 it works to their advantage when they're they're able to uh, actually play these games in the wild card round. So, and not have that that rest. There's just something about like I, I like I like Nola Wheeler uh, or Wheeler Nola um, and Ranger. 
I, I trust Ranger. I know Ranger's had a bit of an up and down last couple of months, but Ranger and Christopher Sanchez, I like trust these guys. I, I think I would assume Sanchez would get like a start in game four and then maybe Wheeler in a game five if it goes to that. Um, obviously, games four and five would be if necessary, but I don't know. I would trust those guys right now. So I would get the rotation in edge. And I know Bryce Elder was good this year, but I don't know. There's something about the Phillies rotation that I just trust a little more right now. So with that being said, uh, it kind of sounds like you know where I'm going with this. How the Phillies have to win this series, though. Uh, get the starters early. Um, and it, I'm kind of echoing what I thought they needed to do against Miami. Um, but it just it still makes complete sense to me. Um, get to their starters early. Get to Strider. Get to Freed early. Get them out of the game like they did last year early and get to that bullpen. Um, offense. Competent offense. Especially, I mean, especially when going against an Atlanta offense um, on the other side. Uh, but the, the offense is probably, and now that I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know. Cause like, you know, maybe Atlanta's offense just has a bad week. You never know. But I think if the Phils can at least do what they did with, with my Miami in games one and two, like you're probably going to need like a seven run game again, a couple of those, you, you might, you might need them, but if you can get like a couple of runs off of Strider, a couple of runs off of Freed or like you know, three or four, and then get to the bullpen. And even, you know, just like game one, if you, if you had that type of game against like a, a Freed or a Strider, you had that type of game where you scored a couple of runs early on and then you scored that insurance run late in the game. Like, I I think that's a, you know, that's a good blueprint to beat the Braves. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, obviously, and um, up to, you got to ride these horses, Nolan Wheeler, and even Sanchez and Suarez. Um if Nolan Wheeler can give you the type of outings they gave you in the wild card round here, and Sanchez and Suarez can at least give you solid outings, like five or six innings, a couple of runs, um, just give your team a chance to win, like with those guys, like that's how I see this. Um, five or six innings, like three runs, something like that, two to three runs, I would be extremely happy, especially against Braves, Braves offense. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. That's how I would see the Phils beating the Braves. And honestly, there was a there was a little while where I was like, ah, oh, the Phils could beat the Braves. There, there was like a second there where I was like that. And then there has been the last like three or four weeks where I'm like, ah, I got the Braves in five. Man, like doing this pod this morning and like prepping for it, I like the Phillies in five. This is how I see this going, right? I think, I think the Phils, they win game one. Win game one in Atlanta. Atlanta wins game two. I think that's how last year went, right? Atlanta wins game two. I think Phils lose game three, actually. Even with Nola, uh, it would be Nola on the mound. Um, Phils would lose game three at home. I know it doesn't feel like we even lose a game at home right now. I think we lose game three at home. We win game four. And then game five, you get Zach Wheeler on the mound in Atlanta. I think, I think it's like a, I don't want to say exactly like a, Cardinals 2011, but kind of the opposite with the Phillies coming out on top. I like the Phillies, though, in a game five. I think Wheeler has like a maybe like an eight innings, one one earned, two earned, whatever. You go to Alvarado in the ninth and you win the series. Like, that's how I see this shaping out. Phillies in five. Phillies in five. And real quick, because I didn't give you guys some of the other scores uh, from the wild card round. Real quick. Um, Tampa Bay loses to Texas two games. Texas is going on to play Baltimore. Uh, Toronto loses to Minnesota. 
Once again, Minnesota will face the Astros in the ALDS. Um, then Arizona beats uh, Milwaukee 5-2. to They're going on to face the Dodgers. Um, and we're going to obviously be monitoring that series uh, as, as the winner of that would be who the Phillies would play if they do beat the Braves. Um, so those are your scores. Uh, sorry, I went a little long there, but had, I'm, I'm psyched for the Braves series. I'm psyched for it. I think the Phillies in five. I'm taking the Phillies in five. Uh, I know I, it's it can go either way. Would not be surprised if the Braves win this series because the Braves are obviously that good. Um, but baseball is a weird sport. I mean, lost to the Cardinals in 2011. We were obviously the better team, but uh, Cardinals were that series. So that's going to do it for me, Francisco Rojas. Hopefully we're talking. Um, we'll talk to you guys on Monday, uh, and we'll you know we'll we'll keep up to date on this series. So I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.